Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Welcome back to Off the Shelf here on Breadbox Media. I'm your host, Pete Sox, a Catholic book blogger. This week we have with us Gary Zemak. He's a Catholic speaker and the best-selling author of a number of books, including Give Up Worry for Lent, Let Go of Anger and Stress, and Give Up Worry for Good. He's the host of the Gary Zemak Show and the podcast Following the Truth. He previously served as director of parish services at Mary, Mother of the Redeemer Catholic Church in North Wales, Pennsylvania, and is the host of Spirit in the Morning on Holy Spirit Radio in Philadelphia. He's a frequent speaker and retreat leader at Catholic parishes and conferences across the country. His works appeared in Catholic Digest, the National Catholic Register, Catholic Exchange, Catholic Philly, and Catholic Answers Magazine. Gary has appeared on numerous television and radio programs, including EWTN's Bookmark and Women of Grace, The Jennifer Fulweiler Show, Catholic Connection, Morning Air, and The Sunrise Morning Show. Gary earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration from Drexel University, he lives in Mount Laurel, New Jersey with his wife, and they have two children. And today we'll be discussing his book, Let Go of Your Fear. Welcome back to the show, Gary. Hey, Pete. Thanks for having me back. I'm looking forward to chatting. Absolutely. So your progression in books, I think we need to touch upon a little bit. And you've been writing about worry for a while now. But yes. now you've somewhat drilled down to a root cause of worry, and that is fear. So tell us a bit as to how you arrived at this particular book. You know, well, I, I have to credit you, Pete, because the last time I was on with you, and I think you know what I'm going to say, <laughs> you said, well, now that you wrote the book, Give Up Worry for Good, you can't write about worry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. So in all seriousness, though, I, I talk about uh, about fear in my parish missions. Um, I spend the whole second night of the three-night parish mission talking about fear, specifically the storms at sea. And, and I think, as you said, the root cause of worry is fear. And if we can, uh, you know, the, one of the best ways to banish worry from our lives is to try to work on the fear and really where that begins, even though I can't necessarily control fear because it's an emotion, I can take steps to eliminate it or to lessen it. And one of the best things I can do is to choose to, to place my trust in Jesus. This is something that I've been working on. It's been something I've been speaking and writing about. 
And honestly, it's something that many people are, are really interested in because there is so much fear right now. Yeah. And, and one of the things you point out early in the book is that the future is unknown to us. And we all know that. Right. And right. that tends to feed our anxiety and fear, that unknown. So how do we combat that? You know, I think the best way and, and just to be fully transparent, you know, you and I have talked and I try to be clear about this whenever I, I speak or do do interviews. I, I'm somebody who likes to control my life. I like to control things. I like to know what's happening next. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to want to control the future. I don't like the unknown. So that, that's why this is such an important topic to me. And I, I find what works. I think the best approach is to recognize that, well, I might not know the future, but. God knows the future mm-hmm. and he loves me and he's all powerful. So if I can learn to put my trust in him, then I'm going to have a lot more peace recognizing that, well, I don't really have to know the future. He does. And I'm with him. And it, this is a challenge. And, and, you know, this is something I'm going to be working on for a long time, probably for the rest of my life. But the more I do it, the more I choose to put my trust in him, the, the less afraid I am because I know I'm in good hands. Mm-hmm. You talk about in the book and in your talks as well, you compare it to waves battering our boats, and that's the news cycle. Um, Right. Oh, yeah. They rarely tell us anything good. They feed Mm. off our emotions. So how can we effectively handle um, the news without it feeding our fear short of turning it off? Uh, Yeah, um, and turning it off is a valid option at some point. But, you know, Pete, you and I, we, we believe in being informed. And I think that is important. I think we do need to know what's going on. But I think at some point we have to make sure, and this is what I do, that we are focused on the invisible kingdom of God as well as what we see with our eyes. So every morning before I turn on the news or before I see what's going on in the world, I spend some time in prayer. I read some scripture. I do some spiritual reading. I I say some prayers. My wife and I will pray together. And then we're better prepared to face whatever it is that we're about to face. And and I've learned that uh, you you brought up a good point that the news media does they try to they try to play God sometimes. Uh-huh. And whether or not they're holding stuff back, and I'm certain sources I'm sure are, but even aside from that, they try to make so many predictions that they're really not qualified to make. And we saw some of that, so much of that with the uh, the COVID pandemic. So many predictions that were made just didn't come true. So I, I think it's a balance. We need to focus on, on the Lord, on his word, on his truth, in addition to being informed as to what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing I think we need to be careful of, um, especially folks like myself, who tend to be problem solvers and fixers, is that yeah. we don't give in to despair and frustration when our initial efforts don't necessarily work out the way we had them planned. So what are some um, tips you might have for success for folks that have that uh, frustration? Boy, by the way, I can relate. I mean, I'm the same way because I am a fixer. I want to be in control. And Hey, there's a mm-hmm. problem. Let me fix it. And that's where I start to give in to anxiety and, and my worry begins to flare up when I try to control what I can't control. You know, and I think, uh, and as a man too, I think men in particular are prone to this. We like to really solve things, take the bull by the horns. We're going to fix this problem. I think one of the the main things that we can do, and this doesn't come easy for me, is to surrender, to surrender to Jesus Christ, to say, all right, Lord, you're my savior. 
but you're also my Lord, which means you're the boss. So, Lord, I'm going to do what I can. Let me know if there's something I can do. And typically we know what we can do about a certain problem. But when we get to the point where we can't do anything, right, there's nothing else we could do. I believe that at that point, we just have to make that conscious decision to say, all right, Lord, I surrender it. I surrender to you, you know, and when you want me to do something, Lord, let me know what it is. But I think that decision, that conscious decision to surrender to his, to him, it really brings about a lot of peace, at least it does for, for me. Mm-hmm. And that's a key element that's woven throughout this book and your others, is that whole thing of, you know, surrendering that will help you aid in kicking fear to the curb. But it's not easy, is it? No, it's not. And in the book, I talk about the two storms at sea as uh, as written in the gospel. And and in both cases, we have experienced fishermen, the apostles. They're on the boat. This is their route. This is their job. But they got to a point with these storms, with both of the storms, that they recognized they couldn't handle the problem on their own. And that's where Jesus suddenly made his presence known. And they finally realized that, well, I don't really know what they, you know, they got to the point where they didn't know what exactly he could do to help them, but they realized they needed some help and they gave him a chance. And of course he came and fixed the situation. So I I think that's really what it comes down to. We, the Lord expects us to, he knows that some of us like to take control. He likes, he knows that some of us like to, uh, especially when we're feeling comfortable, we want to be in charge and we don't necessarily turn to him. And I believe that's why he lets us go into these storms of life, because it's then that we realize, hey, I I need help. I'm not self-sufficient. And it's to me, there's two two sides to every highway and there's one to this one as well. Not only do we have to uh, give in and um, grasp that trust factor, but another big takeaway in the book is that. Jesus is always with us, even when we don't feel his presence. You know, oh, yeah. we know that story of Mother Teresa for years, not feeling his presence. So how important yeah. is it for us to realize this? Oh, my gosh, that's critical. And, and, and I'm somebody, Pete, who is who is very much affected by his feelings. So I've struggled with this. And there are times when I, I don't feel the Lord's presence in my life at all. Even sometimes when I receive him in Holy Communion, I, I don't necessarily feel him. But by faith, I know he's there. It's in the same way. We're doing this interview right now. My wife is in another room. I'm doing this at home. I don't feel her presence, but I know she's there. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes for for those of us who tend to, to follow their feelings, and I know it's wrong, but I tend to be affected by my feelings, my feelings of hopelessness, my feelings of the fact that I'm alone and the Lord, I don't feel you, Lord. I think some of us, when we when we get into those situations, we need to just double down and rely on our faith and realize that wait a minute, my faith tells me he's here, whether or not I feel him. And I think he does that. He allows us to go through this because he doesn't want our lives to be driven by feelings. He wants us to walk by faith, which means sometimes we're not going to feel him or that situation we're facing is going to feel hopeless. Mm -hmm. And that's when our faith carries us. Mm -hmm. But then there's a flip side to that coin, as there always is. And one thing I think we need to realize is that when we go through those storms of life, and we ask for relief from that storms, it may be that the choice is not to relieve us from those storms. So how do we yeah. deal with that outcome? That, that takes time. That takes, that's where our trust in the Lord and his, his care for us and his, his providence uh, is something that we, we need to work on. It's something I need to work on. Because you're right, sometimes we ask him to calm the storm, 
and he doesn't. Sometimes there's an old saying, sometimes he calms the storm, sometimes he calms the sailor. And that's what I found, that the more I, I choose to trust him, the more peace I experience, even when he decides not to take the storm away. Mm-hmm. And and that's a big thing. Look, the message of the world is if you want to be at peace, you got to get rid of all your problems. We know that's never going to happen. Right. And, and And Jesus wants to work with us sometimes and teach us that we can feel his peace even in the middle of the storm. But that's a tough lesson. And it's a, it can be a painful, a painful process to go through as he tries to, to, uh, to teach us that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put something out there. We've talked about this before, but it's, it's relevant to this book as well. And I'm going to let you run with it. The two worst words in the English language when it comes to the topic we're discussing today are what if. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's the challenge for people like me. What if? Well, what if? And look, I'm a, I'm a, I was a software developer for 30 years. So I lived in a what if world. I mean, all we did was write computer programs to to, you know, respond to a user doing any number of crazy things on the computer. <laughs> I mean, we always considered the what ifs. But in life, the what ifs, they're they're important in a sense because they can help us to be prepared. But we don't want to what if ourselves into a corner, which we can easily do if we're not careful. You know, it's good to be prepared. Well, what if I lose my job? Well, maybe I should save some money. Maybe I should get some life insurance in case I die and and my family might need to, to, uh, you know, might be left in a in a difficult situation. They're good what ifs. But there's the what ifs where we just really don't trust that God's going to provide for us. You know, and that's we, we typically know what they are. But over time, I've learned to trust him more and to try to not play that what if game, mm-hmm. you know, because here's what here's what I've come to believe. And this has taken a long time and I'm still a work in progress. I've come to believe that if the Lord sends me into a difficult situation, he's going to provide for whatever it is that I need. But a lot of times we start trying to we look at other people. We look at somebody suffering from a disease and we think, oh, my gosh, if that was me, there's no way that I could ever be able to handle that. But what I've come to understand is that God doesn't give us the grace to deal with imaginary problems. Mm -hmm. So for me, somebody else's problem, it's an imaginary problem in my life. For them, it's a real problem. So when he, you know, when, when it's our time to go into the storm, he's going to give us what we need. And that's a, that's a conscious choice that we have to make to choose to trust him. Just like when I get on an airplane, I choose to place my life in the hands of a pilot. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny that I do that, and many people <laughs> do that with no problems, but trust Jesus, wait a minute. That's a whole different story. Right. Yeah. So thankfully we are on the tail end of COVID, even though some people are <laughs> hanging on to that drama, but we'll save that yes. for another conversation. <laughs> we, so we saw oh, this gosh. slogan on apparel. It was used a lot throughout the whole pandemic, and – it's the the it's the slogan faith over fear. You know, it's a nice catchy yeah. slogan, but how do we enact that? How do we make it part of our lives? I think it's a conscious choice. I really do, and I think it. I think for what it what's helped me to be able to arrive at that decision is to really study what God has done throughout history, and that's that's why the Bible is so great. When you look at how He has provided for His people, even to the point of having miracles take place if necessary. Uh, then I start to become more confident that he's going to take care of me. He's going to, and, and you know, the other thing, Pete, and, and this is a, this is a hard thing for us to understand is to recognize that this life is temporary. 
And I think so many times that's, that's a difficult thing to, to really believe because it's all we know. It's like, okay, yeah, I want to go to heaven, but I, I really don't know for sure what heaven's going to be like. And I, this life is not fun. It's difficult and I'm getting older, but it's, it's still better than the unknown. And I think too many times we try to hang on to what we have here and not recognize that this is going to be over in a, in a very short time. But again, I think that's a process to be able to understand that and, and to accept it. But I do think that accepting it is uh, is a means to find some peace. Like, okay, I, yeah, I'm going to die someday. I, okay, it, w- when it happens, that's up to the Lord. I'm going to take precautions, but it is inevitable. So it, to me, it takes some of the fear of the future away, knowing that, well, I'm not going to be here forever, and where I'm going is going to be a lot better than this world. Mm-hmm. There's a line in the book— um that you wrote that I think deserves uh, a bit of a deeper dive. And that is quote, sometimes we learn more when we mess up than when we get everything right. End quote. Why? Yeah. I don't like that though, because I like to get everything right the first time. <laughs> you know, it's like, but, but the Lord lets us mess up sometimes so that we can, we make mistakes in life so that we can learn from them and realize that, wait a minute, I did survive that. And that's, that's an important thing for, for all of us to remember that all of our mess ups and we've all done things in the past that we might not be proud of. Maybe it's not that we didn't handle a problem the best way or whatever. It, it, none of none of those mess ups have killed us yet. And, and I think we need to recognize that God can fix our mistakes. I think sometimes we can be afraid to do anything because, well, what if it's the wrong decision? What if I, even though I feel I'm supposed to switch jobs, what if it's wrong? What if it, what if it doesn't work out? Well, then, I have to have faith enough to believe that God can help me to correct that mistake. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it is sometimes good to recognize that, well, it wasn't the end of the world when I messed up. Life has gone on. Mm-hmm. So if I mess up again, I have to trust that God can fix it somehow. And there's those two words again, what if. Yeah, yeah, it'll, you know, but it, the what if, the devil loves to feed into that what if thing because mm-hmm. it can paralyze us. Well, yeah, well, what if I give money to church, to my parish every week? Well, what if I need that money someday? Well, you could save money, and, and but, but there comes a point where we could be hoarding money and our security can be in our bank account, mm-hmm. and that's not what God wants. Right on. So, Gary, uh, another great book. What's uh, coming up next uh, from you? Uh, let go of your fear for good or something else? <laughs> no, there's, there's actually another book. The title is, is being worked on as we speak, but it has to do with finding good and suffering. The book is written. It's being edited right now, um, and it, we haven't arrived at a final title. But I wanted to look at St. Paul's words in uh, Romans 8.28, where he says, All things work for the good for those who love God. So even in the bad things of life, God is working. And in this book, what I what I do is look at scriptural examples of that to prove that, well, here's how God was working in this situation. And if he did it then, then he can do it for you. But that's going to be coming out sometime next year, that book. Fantastic. And where can people find your book, Let Go of Your Fear? You know, Pete, I always send people right to my website for all of my books and all of my resources, followingthetruth.com. That's the easiest thing to do. All right. Gary, it's been great uh, spending some time with you again today. Thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule. Any closing thoughts? My, my, my biggest closing thought to somebody who is going through a storm right now, and this is the reason I wrote the book, is don't lose hope. There is hope. You're in the storm right now. Things look hopeless to the apostles. And the next minute, Jesus. So hang in there. There's no such thing as a hopeless situation.
next time.